Welcome back to another season of the UK Virtual School Podcast with me, Sid, the founder of the first online school that dares to be different. If you've heard season one, you'll know that this podcast is for families who home educate and for those looking for an alternative to the current educational system. Now, if you did miss season one, I highly recommend that you go back and have a sneak peek because there are some real gems from that season. I discussed my journey through education in episode one. Episode six is super popular and useful if you're looking at GCSE exams. I even interviewed the teacher that lives in a van in episode number eight. In this season, season two, we've got some brand new interviews with teachers, students and parents from UK Virtual School. UK Virtual School is now in its second year. Join us on a movement to disrupt education as we continue to create an innovative, inclusive and fulfilling alternative for the children who will become the change makers and leaders of tomorrow. Welcome back guys to another amazing season of the UK Virtual School podcast. Welcome to another episode of the UK Virtual School podcast. Key stage one, online learning. How does that work? So today I've got with me our year one and year two teacher, Helen. Helen is fantastic with the little ones and she's really made online learning come to life. So we're going to be talking to her today and finding out all the different ways that she engages the young learners and what she thinks of teaching online. So hi, Helen, how are you doing? Hi, nice to be here and I'm fine, thank you. So tell us a little bit about you first before we start, a little bit about your background and how you got into teaching. I have worked for, I think it was 12 years in a primary school. Started off in year three, which I thought was my forte. And then I got moved to year four, which I didn't like as much. And then I moved down to year two thinking they're really fiddly and faffy and I won't enjoy it but I actually really did the only thing with year two I would say is the sats the dreaded sats that was always a bit of a loomer at the end of the year and then after quite a few years in year two I ended up in early years again thinking how will that be but I actually loved it and the approach to teaching in the early years is definitely my style I love the creativity I love the way that you can follow children's interests and all that sort of thing so I definitely think that that was my preferred year group within the the school setting so I did 12 years in a primary school predominantly in key stage one and early years and then I've got two young children so I decided it's not the sort of career for parents coming home really late at night and that sort of thing so I decided to have a change of direction and I found myself under the guidance of a friend doing online ESL which was really interesting and really good fun at first I was a little bit nervous but I really loved it and it was very similar to the early years that I'd just um, finished teaching the approach and that sort of thing so I did that and then I found myself about a year and a half later at UKVS and never really looked back since (laughs) it's great so how have you found the experience of teaching year one and year two because you hadn't taught that year group online before so you taught ESL so English as second learners but not specifically the national curriculum so how has that experience been so I had obviously spent a lot of the of my time in early years and into key stage one in school and then as you say when I went into online I was teaching more older children which at first I was a bit 
because I'd not really loved the older year groups. But I found it was much easier if I had a younger cohort of, of children with the EAL. It was quite daunting because they were so little and teaching three-year-olds to speak a language that isn't theirs was difficult. I adapted my teaching style. Although I am quite an exaggerated, enthusiastic teacher, I had to become even more so online. It was all about engaging them from the start. So when I did find myself in with a class of three, four-year-olds online, I really had to just be even more over the top and silly, if you like, because they're so little. And to engage them online for 25, 30 minutes isn't that easy. But but they're not three, four, they're, they're five, aren't they? But they look tiny online. <laughs> no, the ones that I was, te- I was teaching online, EAL, so that was my experience of, of younger children. They were three. So some of the children in Asia, they start learning a language from very, very young. Some of them were three. The youngest I had was actually two. My children couldn't speak at two. So <laughs> getting them to speak a foreign language online as well is quite a big thing. So yeah, when I then moved into UKVS with like you say, the older children, year one and two, even though they're still little to many, the difference was huge from the three-year-olds I'd just left, the three-year-old Asian children. I know the national curriculum quite well. So it was using what I'd learned in early years and what I'd learned with the online and trying to piece it all together into get a complete picture that way. So I found it quite easy, actually, the transition. I think I'd had the nerves at the beginning of my EAL teaching. And so I wasn't as nervous coming into this. It was more the different structure and the different objectives to, to hit and that sort of thing. So it was quite an easy transition. Is it called EAL or is it called ESL? Because you said ESL at the beginning. And so I followed uh, your lead and now now you've referred back to EAL. So is it English for additional language? Is it the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing generally. Um, there's ESOL as well. We won't get <laughs> we won't get into that now. But yeah, they, they're simultaneously used. Okay, cool. I was like, have I got it wrong? <laughs> so when you started at UK Virtual School, how did you find the kids? Because you've got kids from all around the globe as well. And they're not just purely from the UK. So how was that experience having a cohort that could potentially be in a different continent to you? It was really great, actually. I think it's good for the children as well, because they were able to understand different cultures. They always found it really interesting that one of the students in one of the cohorts was in, it was their night time, as opposed to one of the other students that was a little bit further behind and that sort of thing. But generally, no, it's been quite interesting. I think the major barrier has been sometimes if it isn't their first language that can be a little bit of a problem at times or the understanding of different activities and things but generally they're pretty good and they have a really high understanding with the little ones mainly parents are sitting with them anyway so they can nudge them in the right direction it's a useful tool (laughs) but generally they're quite good they understand a lot and they've all participated really well joined in done all the activities to a quite high standard so I don't think that's been a So for families that are listening that have got very young kids um, who might think that online doesn't work for that age group, how do you make it possible for very young kids to listen and to follow instructions and to work through the curriculum? How do you do it? Tell us your secret. I I think it's the approach and it's the active learning. So I know myself if I'm sitting and listening to something for 30 minutes or longer, 
I get bored, I get fidgety, I, I want to fiddle, I, it, it, I get disengaged. So for a child, obviously, with an attention span that's shorter, it becomes more difficult. So I try to use more snappy activities, active activities, using a lot of singing and rhyme and that sort of thing. I also use an awful lot of props and um, puppets and things like that. It's using, like I've said, what I've done in early years and trying to incorporate it into this. So for example, if we're doing a shape activity, you obviously have to teach them the shapes and the properties of the different shapes and you have to do the teaching. They have to be engaged and they have to focus for a certain amount of time. But then to consolidate that learning, I won't just get them to sit and do a worksheet and identify which is the square and which is the triangle because that's pretty boring. So I would get them to go and run around the house and get them actively looking, bringing back a square, bringing back a circle. They don't think they're learning. They just think they're running around the house, finding different things. But it's the approach of early years, which I try to use, learning through play sort of idea. They love it and they learn an awful lot. And then you've got their attention back again if you want to do a more formal activity so you can sit them down, get them to work in the book. Because obviously that's important, but I think breaking up the lesson, 30 minutes is a long time. So to have like a five minute starter, and that's usually quite active, might be a bingo game. It might be like I say, a running around the house, trying to find numbers or whatever. This year we've been doing place value aerobics. So we stretch up and we jump up and down. They absolutely love that to partition the numbers. So we'd start with a, a starter activity. Then we'd do the, the, the focused concentrating part and then something a bit more active because they've just been listening and then refocusing them. So I think it's getting them to short, snappy activities. And also you can see really well online who might be drifting off a little bit and you can bring them back so you can bring you can say right everybody let's have a, a one minute brain break and let's do one of those activities and I think that works really well because it, one of the advantages of online is you can see when their eyes are going everywhere and when they're <laughs> you can't see what their hands are doing what you can see you get a sense of when they're not quite as focused as they once were you know like even just it might not be directly related to the learning but you know like the brain gym activities where they have to touch the nose and listen to all the instructions they really enjoy that and it, it refocuses them then to continue the learning and getting them engaged in as many different ways as possible and it sounds like you've adapted some activities specifically for online like the running around the house and finding objects you couldn't really do that in a classroom because everything would be put away properly so all your square objects would probably be all together and so it probably brings an element of creativity for them and something unique for you as well because you don't know what they're going to be bringing to the screen so that sounds really exciting Uh, Helen is big on puppets and singing like I love that about you Helen like that is really amazing what you do talk us through some of a typical lesson that you have with a year one you've kind of already done bits and pieces of it but if you've got a lesson say I don't know telling the time how would you go about teaching something like that I always try to do a starter activity that's not related to that so it's something completely separate so it could be an addition activity in whatever way it might be with the, the their apparatus their block something like that something that's not connected to that And then we move on to the actual teaching. I always encourage them. So I have a a clock that that I can actually move the fingers on. And obviously I'd use the slides online to engage them further. They're really good because like you say, they're in the house and they have most of these things to hand. So when I first taught the first lesson of time, it was a little bit like they were sitting and looking at the screen, drawing hands on and that sort of thing. And then the next day, most of them came with a clock 
And they were like, then, because you, it's not, you take it for granted in a school. You've got those little clocks that they can fiddle about and find the time on. And they didn't have that in the house, but they'd actually actively gone away and found these resources, which then enabled them to be more active. So the next lesson was a little bit more of a success because then they were able to do it. Because telling the time is a hard one. Drawing their hands on the screen. When do you ever do that? But you do want to set the time and you do want to actually look at the clock. So, you know, it was more personal. It was more useful for them rather than just sitting and saying it's nine o'clock. Also, again, like the um, active movement. So I'm I'm quite, we were using our hands to then six o'clock, nine o'clock and that sort of thing. And they really like that. We also played a game of uh, what time is it, Mr. Wolf, as best as we could anyway, within the space that we were in. And they really liked, so we had to do mini steps. And then they had their clocks and I'd say what time it was and they'd show the clock and then it was that, that sort of thing. And like I say, we get all the puppets involved and the puppet can say who got it quickest so that I'm not the mean <laughs> one if I, if I have to say someone was a bit slower. But yeah, it's 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 just, it's using all those strategies, trying to just keep them as engaged as possible. And I guess it brought up an interesting conversation around time zones as well when you did that. Yeah, because I remember doing an activity. It was, um, what time do you have your breakfast? And somebody said, I'm eating my breakfast. I've just eaten my breakfast. And this was, I mean, I think the lesson started started at half past nine so it's quite late I mean I'm always I'm up at the crack of dawn so I have my breakfast like ridiculous o'clock somebody just had the breakfast and then it, it, somebody else said well I had my breakfast a long time ago because I've been to school and come back and I'm now about to eat my dinner and then so everybody was like oh so we did have a little bit of a, a detour from what was the objective of the lesson around what time it was in in the UK as opposed to what time it was in Thailand as opposed to what time it would be if we had somebody from the US they might just still be in bed and they were like oh and then it could have it could have gone in all sorts of directions but it didn't um you know a bit of a, a, bit of a science involved but they found that fascinating yeah definitely really interesting for them it's a bit magical for kids because it's almost like they're going back in time and going into the future as well right so I don't think they quite understood it but they did find it really interesting and that's what's really good about like like we've said about understanding differences across the cohort because we had so many people from different areas so it's really good really really interesting for them and I think they're very lucky as well because nowhere else would they be able to meet kids from all over the globe in a learning experience without traveling so I think it's a it's a great experience for them to have that at a young age you've also been involved in a lot of the dress-up events right Helen yeah I love a bit of dressing up <laughs> so do I <laughs> which one has been your favorite one you've inspired me actually Sid um, I, I've just purchased some face paint so next time oh I'm gonna have some competition now I don't know if I'm gonna be any good but I have purchased it it's something I've always wanted to buy and you've inspired me so we'll see my favorite one I wasn't too great on the last one which was the um under the sea one I was a bit last minute at that so I just had to stick a load of uh, cellophane to my hat and pretend to be a jellyfish but you know <laughs> I don't know I really enjoyed the Luna one. I wasn't really dressed up. It was a mask, but some of the outfits there were spectacular. And within the class, I did organise as the end of a unit because we'd done two months on fairy tales. So the last session before we had the break, I did say to them, if you want to come dressed as a king or a queen or a princess or a prince, then you can, or a fairy tale character. And they did all come. We went to the ball. So I I introduced the lesson with the music from the ball. We did the lesson. I didn't know how this would go because I didn't know if they'd be a little bit excited, but they weren't. We ended five minutes earlier. 
and we all had like a little dance around the ballroom and it was really lovely like some they were dancing with them grown-ups like like ballroom dancing it was really lovely so I dressed up as a I had a crown on and a cape and things and yeah I love stuff like that because it's just getting them enthusiastic and getting them involved they love it and it's so much easier doing that from home rather than having to wear that to a physical school environment you're stuck with that all day I remember the Halloween one and I I didn't have any face paint at this point so I wanted to be a witch so I just put this green face mask on but then I had to take it off because I had to go and pick up the the children from school so I had to take off the face mask and then reapply it so yeah definitely much easier at home unless you have to go out and I think that's been great so if anyone's listening to this and they want to check out our dress-ups all of our highlight videos are on our YouTube channel and it's great going through the collection because we go all out with dress (laughs) it's always a good fun to have that and we've got some exciting new events coming up next year so it's going to be really good to kind of see that you also teach French so even though you work with the younger kids you do work with French students who are much older as well how do you find that a UK virtual school it's amazing I at first I won't I won't lie I was a little bit worried because I've never really taught anybody older than 10 but they're just so much less fussy and everything's much simpler you can just give an instruction once and they do it and it's like magic sometimes in with the little ones it's it can be but you have to think how you're wording things a little bit more to be simple and and to be understood whereas I, I did like I did like the older ones for that it was just easier to just teach without being completely over the top although I think that is my style because that's what I've I've been used to it was nice just to have an hour of just calm <laughs> but yeah it's been really good it's been a fantastic experience it's not like I say it's not something I've ever done before so to be able to do that and have that opportunity has been lovely so if you've got any particular families listening to this that are on the fence about joining UK virtual school because their kids are very young and they're in year one and year two and they don't know how it's going to work what would you say to them as a teacher that's seen it in practice and seen how it works? I think it definitely does work because I think the small class sizes are a big factor. You can really cater to the specifics of the class more than you would be able to obviously in a class of 30. So that's a big positive. And you can really keep an eye on what they're doing because they're very good now. The classes that I've, I've had of showing me what they've done. At first, I think they thought that they could get away with it and they didn't have to show you things. And But they know now that even though you can't actually see always what they're doing, they will hold up their work and they will show you. So you, you can give feedback, which is obviously really important. I've trained them to be able to show me so they can move their cameras down if need be and show me what they're doing at the time in that sort of way so they don't get away with with not doing anything. But no, we have fun. It's very relaxed. They are learning and we are following the curriculum but we're doing it in a more, I would say, a more fun and a more flexible way. I feel like I'm teaching early years but the curriculum of the year one and two because it it has to be different. It can't be sitting down and doing a reading test. We do do reading and we do answer the questions but we do it in a different way that is more suitable to online and to the younger children. So I would definitely say it does work for the younger ones. Have a go because it works. I've seen the progress that the the children in, in the classes I've had have done and they've made really good progress. 
the parents are good as well in the way that they will do extra things at home because obviously they want the best um, and they often will sit with them so they'll see if they maybe have struggled with something and we have good communication in that way so they'll say oh they might have struggled with that is there anything I can do and they will they'll they'll continue it at home that's another good thing uh, we've got really good relationships with our parents um and they understand what, what we want and we've got good communication with one another. But generally, it does work and it's a really fantastic way of, of teaching. And I think as well, the structure of UKVS is really good in the three weeks on and then the week off. It's just enough for them to have completed something, but then to give them that rest that they need. Although the sessions are only half an hour, 40 minutes, three times a week, you can still see by the end of the third week that they're a bit more like, on this at the computer they do need a bit of, of that of the breast and as do we as do the teachers so I think that structure really does work for sure so it's really positive and it gives everyone a breather as well because zoom fatigue is a real thing and I think having that breather to be able to do other things I think is really nice yeah definitely I know a lot of the families go on holidays and do different activities that just wouldn't be able to do within a, a normal school setting so it's definitely a, a great structure And I think one of our successes with the year one and year two is due to the fact that you're a great teacher, Helen. You're amazing. You engage with the parents really well. You engage with the kids really well. Your lessons always sound so exciting. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's great that we've got some fantastic teachers at UK Virtual School. It's exciting. What are you looking forward to in this academic year? I think because I've been online, I've, I've always been given the curriculum to teach. I've just had to deliver it. So for UK Virtual School, I've had to write the lessons and then deliver them. So it's been more planning time. Pretty much the structure of, of the, the months will be the same, but I, I have learned things that maybe didn't go as well that can be changed that I would like to do differently. So I think tweaking what I've done already so that it's to a much higher standard and gets the best results. When I look back at some of the first lessons, I know they were okay, but I know that I've learned so much as I've gone along the way. So I just, I can't wait to put what I've learned into practice. It's just simple things like using the PowerPoints that I produced for the slides on the screen at the beginning were not as, I wouldn't say it was engaging because I wasn't using the monsters and those monsters really do engage the children, you know, the um, curiosity and innovation. You can really use them in a variety of ways. First, I was thinking, how can I, how can I get them in rather than just sticking them on a slide? But in a a word problem in maths it's always innovation has this and he needs this and curiosity so it's using them like that and I think that that it's also them getting those values across to the children so that's a good thing but I think yeah generally I just want to improve upon what what I've done so far and hopefully continue to engage people and (laughs) use them make them want to learn because that's essentially what we're here for making them lovers of learning and wanting to progress um do their best. I think it's always exciting to welcome the New Year One group because it's their first experience of school. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's um, it's a little bit daunting. I am a little bit, oh, what if they don't like it? But I think they will. I think they will. So it is good to welcome new students. It's sad to, to see the, the old year twos move into year three, all exciting as well. But yeah, having a new class of how to mute and unmute and <laughs> what the etiquette is, because <laughs> that's part of the initial difficulty, getting them to understand the rules, the routines, what we can and can't do, the mute button, how to un- <laughs> unmute and all of that sort of thing. It doesn't take long. They soon pick it up. And I think with the younger kids, we, we encourage the families to sit 
sit with the kids and and to learn alongside them, but to also help with the tech as well, because they're really young at age five. But to be fair, they learn very quickly when it comes to tech. They really do. (laughs) I'm not the most technical in any sense. I can get onto Zoom and I can do what I need to do, but technology is not my forte. And when you've got a five-year-old telling you what to do, it's a little bit embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, they know. They know what to do. Let's say they do pick it up really quickly. If they didn't know to begin with, they they will soon get it. So definitely, yeah. I think it's been great kind of hearing all the different ways that you kind of engage. And it it makes me want to be a little child again so I can come to your classes. (laughs) But um, yeah, thank you so much for talking to me today, Helen. It's been great. No, thank you. It's been lovely to speak to you. Yeah. If you want to find out more about Helen's classes, why don't you check out our website? And uh, yeah, maybe we'll be welcoming you to uh, one of Helen's amazing puppet singing, all singing, all dancing costume lessons. Until next time, guys, we'll catch up with you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening in to the UK Virtual School podcast. We hope you took lots of value from this podcast. And if you did, please remember to like and subscribe and to share what you've learned with other families. Now, if you want to find out more about UK Virtual School, go to our website, ukvirtualschool.co.uk or you can join our page or Facebook group, UK Virtual School. We hope that your home education journey is an exciting one. And if you're right at the beginning of starting out, do reach out to us and ask us for support. If you're considering joining us, why not book a Zoom meeting with me so we can explore and discuss options for your family. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Virtual School podcast and I'll see you next time.